Moto One Podcast Network. Hi, this is Miley Cyrus. You're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. And you can buy yourself flowers. But why not buy yourself a track day? <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Oh god. You're listening to a show hosted by an idiot and a sarcastic robot. That's me. It features the opinions of that idiot and the opinions of guest motorcyclists from a large demographic with a varying array of skills, talent, and knowledge. Any of the words that you hear on this podcast may therefore be very idiotic, unlawful, and incorrect, or perhaps genius and insightful. Either way, they do not reflect the opinions or well-thought-out and completely fair policies of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast or any of the podcasts under the Moto One Podcast Network umbrella. Enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. Welcome, everybody, to this week on Creative Writing. I'm your host, Chuck Vagabond. Uh, okay. It's me. It's Junkie. It's not Chuck Vagabond. I thought I'd be clever and tell you that it was. Damn, I got bit by something. Um, Tobor, how you doing today, baby? Give me a sound check, my good man. Hello, Secretions Hero. How are you doing this oh, week? Oh, God. I'm doing fine. How are you doing today, Tobor? Hi, Tobor. Hey, Junkie. I hope you're ready for today's show. I am. I'm actually very ready for today's show. I hope you <laughs> I hope you know I'm a poet. Oh, you are. Are you? <laughs> yeah, apparently I am. Uh, how are you doing today, Tobor? Speaking of uh, being a poet. I have no idea why you would insinuate that I am a poet, and I'm definitely not going to write any prose for you like that simp chat, GPT. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey man, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just, I was saying I'm a poet, and then, I don't know. I don't know what I was saying there. Tobor, let's get into this week's show. What do you say? It's just me and you, buddy. So let's get under, yes, uh... and the mouse in the corner. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, listen... There could very well be a mouse in the corner. Last week when I was reshorting, reshorting the co, when I was recording the show, I'm not even a beer in, fellas. Wait till I, wait till I pop this one open. Um, Tobor, did you take a sip out of my beer? It's open. Why is your face wet? Oh, don't look at me with those eyes, Tobor. Uh, anyways, last week when I was recording, or last show, 18 weeks ago when I was recording, the I heard a on the roof and uh turns out i was like how could anything get on the roof right here come on i'm just hearing things i always talk about how this garage is haunted and then this studio when i built the studio inside adjacent to it the spirits didn't like that even even more so they're like oh no you don't you don't get to have a fancy garage and a multi-million dollar recording studio in the same spot you fuck face and I know they didn't like it, but it turns out it was just rats dropping on the roof from the electric wires that go overhead. So yay for me. All right, everybody, let's get into this, this week's show. This is episode, oh, a 296? Let me look at my notes. It'll tell me right here. 297. Oh my God. Okay. This is episode 297. I mean, I know we have over 300 episodes, but this will be the official uh, approachment of uh, episode 300. 
Um, a few things I want to talk about on this week's show. We're going to talk about KSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSSS
uh, you're going to want to go to Facebook and uh, it's old people that created it. So it's old people where you're going to have to go to find it. Go down and look for the um, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge group. And uh, the, the group has not been active for quite a while. This is the uh, the group that used to every year send every single motorcycle podcast uh, motorcycle podcast that signed up on a scavenger hunt. And then we recruited some listeners and then it was a whole bunch of fun because I was a one-man team. So they let us re- recruit listeners. And then they're like, listen, let's make it an all-out listener uh, battle. You get teams, all this great stuff. And then it didn't even have to be podcasters anymore. It's great, great fun. The whole thing being that it was... Um, uh, a scavenger hunt, and it, and it gave you something to do every riding season for a purpose and for points and uh, a bragging rights of who got the trophy. And it was uh, really, really. Let me think how it was. It was really well uh, administrated, and there was actually a team behind it that did some, you know, a lot of background work and all that stuff. And people miss it. Uh, Big news that some of the guys posted in there this year, they really miss that the the, the, the uh, challenge has gone away. I think it kind of disappeared in 21. They tried to do it in, actually, I think in 20 they skipped it. Came back for 21 and they're like, listen, this is a hell of a lot of work. And the longer it goes on, the more out of control it gets for people that are just doing it in their spare time. So good news is that people that are missing a purpose to ride, a reason to ride. Well, your purpose has reignited itself and it's coming back. The Motorcycle Podcaster Challenge is going to be just a a listener run uh, event this year. So if you need that purpose, if you need a reason to get out, if you need a fun uh, mission, you know what I'm saying? It's always fun to have like some sort of goal and not just get out and wander aimlessly. Although a lot of people think that that sounds like a lot of fun. It ain't. Uh, But go, go over there, check it out. On Wednesday... May 17th, sometime before the end of the day, John Miracle, who is one of the original founders and admin of the uh, original <clears throat> original Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, is going to draw six letters and post them up on this Facebook page. And with each letter that they draw, you need to go out and find something that begins with that category. The first week... They plan on doing restaurants. The second week, they plan on doing streets. And the third week, they plan on doing cities and towns. If you don't know what the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge is, go check it out. Uh, Check out the page. Look at some of the legacy uh, posts. You'll find out. They would draw a P, for example, and everybody would run out when it was street names and try to find, you know, Palooka Lake Ranch, road or something like that. Something with a lot of letters and they used to grade the letters based on Scrabble tiles, which means that, you know, a, a lot of vowels only had one point, but like Z's, X's, G's, stuff like that. You see, yeah, you, <clears throat> you could get quite a bit of points on some, you know, really crazily named towns or streets and things like that. So the first year, I think it was streets. Then I think it went to towns after that. And then, um, I forget exactly what the hell it was the last year. I think it was, I think it was, went back to streets, but yeah. And then they went, you know, highest score wins plus most mileage. Then they went lowest score wins one year, like golf. So it was kind of cool, but, uh, they're changing it up. It's going to be three weeks. Week one will be restaurants. So when they post up a letter, you just try to find 
restaurants that begin with that letter. There's not going to be any points or prizes this year, or is there? I don't know. Junk's trying to figure out a way for creative writing to kind of pick up the, uh, you know, John is going to be doing enough with, with picking the letters and people are going to be posting their pictures and things online. And Junk does not want to do a bunch of admin background crap, keep track of points, all that fun stuff. The, the, the reason people want to do it is they want a purpose to ride. So what Junk's going to do is try to do, get something together here uh, for the participants, maybe some stickers, maybe, you know, make my own category, like pick which thing I like the best or something like that. So we'll, we'll figure it out as it goes on. That's why I love playing by ear. Um, and a lot of the old writers, uh, are in on it. Lance Perry, who's up in Canada, um, Roger Smith, John, um, Chris Singsheim, Dave Shoup, Chad Rosenboom, all these guys who are like on the East coast, I believe, uh, Chris Singsheim, who's in, uh, who used to ride for creative writing every year from Wisconsin, um, Patrick Burns, uh, Chad Klink, these guys all of these guys used to be on these teams and Chad and Chris used to be on my team and so did Lance actually. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. Really cool to see all these former uh, creative writing team members up there along with some of the other teams that we're getting it. So uh, if there, it says if you're, we're enjoying this, maybe we can come up with some other ideas like Rivers, Lakes, Parks and extend it. If not, we can stop doing it, whatever. But I really like this, and it really was a fun thing to get people together. So if you never, ever participated in the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge in the past, now you can get a little taste of it without actually having to go through all the admin and tracking points and scoring and people. What was fun at one time kind of got crazy for a little bit there. People were like going nuts and like, hey, my thing didn't count and this and that. And John and his wife were doing these in, in the afternoons after work, you know what I'm saying? For three weeks, their life was hell because uh, people wanted their points. But regardless, um, yeah, go check it out. Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge is the Facebook group or page that you're going to have to follow, and it's only available there. Um, and maybe, just maybe, the guys at Loud Pipes will bring back uh, the podcast and do a Motorcycle Podcasters show uh, this year. We'll see. And if not, uh, feel free to pop over here onto create writing. So having said that, let's get into the regular show notes. Um, on top of that, I did want to add that, uh, Bri Viffer sent me some, uh, screenshot the other day of, uh, of a text for, well, he, he's, he's bailed California for a little bit, maybe indefinitely, who knows, but, um, he's on the East coast now. And he linked up with some of the people in North Carolina there and looking for writing groups. He still has one VFR left. So he's pulled that thing into uh, the Carolinas and he's looking for some roads around there. And he posted on the Facebook group, hey, is anybody around here ride? And guess who replied? John Miracle. (laughs) So without knowing who he was talking to, uh, Paul and John found each other. So old old uh, Podcasters Challenge rivals and um, now going to be writing buddies. So that's pretty cool and uh, brings that story full circle. Um, Let's see. Let's get into some events before we are half hour into the show. Let me look how far we're in. We're 15 minutes, so we're halfway to half hour. Let's do this. So, excuse me, coming up, um, 
really quick, uh, November 1st, that ain't right, May, <laughs> May 10th through November 1st, actually. So this is a long-term, I don't usually do these, this is a long-term event here. Um, but I guess starting this weekend, uh, or starting this week, and going until November, every, what day is that? Uh, every Wednesday? What's the day? Today is, yeah, Wednesday, the 10th. So starting every Wednesday night, you can go to the Yankee Lake Bike Night and Dirt Drags in Brookfield, Ohio. If you know where Yankee Lake is in Brookfield, Ohio, you're 90% there. 5 p.m., that's all you needed to know from me. Boom. So they have Dirt Drags. They have a bike night. They have a tennis shoe tying contest, probably food and live music. I, I don't know, but it looks really fun. It goes all the way to November. So uh, if you're in Brookfield, Ohio, that is your riding season. Um, oh, shit, that scared me. Tobor, I thought you were going to take care of the ads. Push this ad back a little bit. The fans will never hear it. And by fans, I mean listeners. Ain't nobody a fan of this show. Uh, May 13th, Sacramento Mile, Progressive AFT at the Cal Expo Center in Sacramento, California. Uh, I forget what round it is, but we're like, you know, getting like balls deep into the flat track season this year. So yeah, May 13th, Sacramento Mile. Also May 13th, the Unforgettable Ride. When was it again? See what I did there. Loomis, California. It's between 20 bucks and 50 bucks to enter and do all the fun jazz, but it benefits the Alzheimer's and Dementia Foundation or something. I forget. It's the unforgettable, right? How could I forget? I don't know. But it starts at 9 a.m. at the historic Loomis Train Plaza in downtown Loomis. It's probably not downtown. Uh, May 14th, the Vintage Bike OC meetup, Huntington Beach, California. It goes from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. You got a two-hour window to show your massively classic bike at Castaneda's Mexican restaurant down there in Huntington Beach. May 18th through 21st, this is Tennessee Motorcycles and Music Revival happening at Hurricane Mills, baby. R.I.P. Loretta Lynn. Thank you so much, Mama, for making some awesome... Uh, motocross and motorcycle friendly place there in, in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. The Tennessee Motorcycle Music uh, Motorcycles and Music Revival is uh, supposedly a really, really, really hot uh, commodity right now. May nineteenth through twentieth, the Hanford Cycle Show and Swap Meets happen at Kings County Fairgrounds up there in Central California. I believe our boy Brady Walker will be, I don't know, walking around in his uh, overalls. Um, May twenty first. The Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. This is a global uh, event. You're putting fingers up your butts and keeping you from going nuts. That's right. The Distinguished Gentleman's Ride raises a, uh, money. It's a global organization uh, raising money for men's prostate cancer research and mental health and suicide prevention. It would be nice if they raised money for women's prostate cancer as well. And I don't know why we need mental health prevention uh, but okay, it seems like we sh- we would want mental health, like not mental health prevention, but like mental health. I don't know. You, you get what I'm saying. Uh, May 27th and 28th, the 77th Pasadena Motorcycle Club Greenhorn Ride. This two day ride is open to the public. Any bike, any rider, any bike gender doesn't care if your bike is a uh, bisexual uh, sportster or an extremely manly. Honda Trail 70. It comprises a road tour and overnight camping. The route is 400 miles, and it runs from L.A. to Mariposa, California. 
The root sheet is totally secret and remains so until the day of the ride. Uh, there'll be a dirt section for ADV slash dual sport riders, and the Pasadena Motorcycle Club riders are going to pre-run both routes, and whoever, whatever rider gets closest to the club times will be declared the road or dirt winner, respectively. They're going to have two two winners, one that did the all-road and one that did the uh, dirt section. Uh, please go to PasadenaMotorcycleClub.com forward slash Greenhorn. Uh, register today. By the time this show goes out, you won't be able to register anymore for the um, camping at the fairgrounds. But, uh, yeah, if you got if you got in, uh, you know you got tickets to camp in the, the, uh, I forget exactly what the fairgrounds are there in Mariposa, but there was camping and food and all that fun jazz. Otherwise, if you, if you're hearing this and it's, and you haven't registered yet, you can always just get a hotel in Mariposa. The town is very small. So check it out. Uh, 77th Greenhorn Ride. So that's, uh, tells you how long Pasadena Motorcycle Club's been around. Um, May 28th is the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet down at Long Beach Veterans Stadium on Lou Bonega Drive, uh, 1473 Hot and Totten Avenue. I just made all that shit up. Check it out. Go to their website. How could you miss it? They sponsor half of everything here in SoCal. June 4th. The Friends of Steve McQueen show from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Boys Republic in Chino Hills. Steve McQueen spent some time there as a troubled teen uh, at the Boys Republic. And uh, I think that's where he actually went from street thug. He was a little gangster. I think he was like an orphan at like the age of 11, living on the streets of Chicago or Brooklyn. I don't know what the fuck he was. But yeah, he became the man that he is down there at the Boys Republic. And they like to give back and do a, uh, you know, Steve McQueen loved the ladies, but he also loved cars and motorbikes. So they do a show there where they show off some ladies and some cars and some motorcycles. Check it out. Uh, June 4th at the uh, Boys Republic in Chino Hills. June 11th, Vintage Bike OC happening again at Castaneda's Mexican Restaurant down there in Huntington Beach from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. It can be vintage. It can be ancient. It can be classic. It can be Fred Flintstone's fucking motorcycle for all they care. Take it down there. Vintage Bike OC. Doesn't have to be so vintage that you can't read, uh, you know, the, ru- the rubber on the tires. Um, June 24th through 26th, guess what, baby? Born Free 14. Junkie has not been to a Born Free since Born Free 8. Holy shit. So Born Free 14 is coming up. That tells you how long Junkie's had this stupid podcast. Uh, The uh, Born Free 14 motorcycle show is happening in Oak Canyon Ranch in Silverado, California. Admittance is 20 bucks, which is goddamn good price but once you get inside it's a pay to play baby if you want to um see some naked dudes start their chopper uh on your their only fans but in person you're probably gonna have to pay 100 bucks um july 9th uh 7th through the 9th that's july 7 through 9 uh right after the july 4th weekend moto america superbike speed fest at laguna seca in monterey california the weekend includes five 
fucking classes of road racing. There's the Medallia Superbikes, a Supersport, the Revit Twins Cup, the Mission King of the Baggers, and the Roland Sands Super Hooligan, which the Super Hooligans are starting to look more and more like the Bulldoer bikes, if you ask me. Uh, July 14th through 16th is the Arma Classic Motofest, also happening at Laguna Seca in Monterey. So uh, similar to the Isle of Man, uh, racing for one fortnight, then they take a little bit of a break, and then there's more racing when they do the classic TT. So this is the same shit. Moto America, one weekend. Arma, which is the American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association, the classic Moto Fest, the next weekend. And before I go any further, let me uh, tell you also, let me dig in my mail here real quick. Um, the AMA sent me some crap that uh, there's some dual sport rides happening in your part of town. Do you want me to tell you about it? I said you want me to tell you about it. All right, then hang on one sec, and I will uh, look up my email and tell you when it's coming up. Oh, yeah, whoops, it's in my personal. it's in your personal email. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just found it. So here's here's the deal. Coming up June 3rd and 4th, uh, Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, the Dirty Dabbers Great Adventure Ride is happening. Uh, June 10th and 11th, 2023 in Wabano, Wisconsin, or Wabano, is the Wisconsin Dual Sport Riders Ride for Research. I think they're researching how to say Wabano or Wabano or Wabueno, bro, if you're from SoCal. Um, Big Bear Trail Rider Big Bear Run is happening in Big Bear Lake, California, which is not too far from me, June 24th and 25th. And the, uh, let me see, yeah, June 3rd and 4th. I already just said all this. Uh, just It just repeats itself. Oh, no. The Enduro, Enduro Riders of Ohio Baby Burr Ride is happening June 24th and 25th in New Plymouth, Ohio. So uh, it didn't repeat everything, just most everything. Yeah. And uh, I guess the, re- the reason it's telling me about these, even though they're the same events, basically, uh, one is the Revzilla AMA National Adventure Riding Series, and the other one is the Beta AMA National Dual Sports Series. So you're going to have two different sponsors putting all this crap on. Uh, check those out now, Tobor. Let's take a little breaky and uh, run some ads and get into the rest of the show. I don't know. Do you have anything you'd like to say, Tobor? Hey, no? Okay, bye. Nathan Flats from Flats Tires, reminding you... Come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires. They're round. They're made of rubber. And we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right. Come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First down in Epperton. For over 131 years and several months, Klobman's has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over. Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Klopman's. Join the Hall of Fame, win your first race, impress the judges, put a Klopman's in your mouth, and a championship trophy on your shelf. Klopman's, not for dreamers, for doers. Klopman's, the only pickle for motorcyclists.
just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. All right, everybody. Enough PSAs for the day, wouldn't you say, huh? Tobor, I told you I was a poet. You could be a poet, too. Be a robot poet. All right, Tobor shaking his head. Uh, Tobor, I am officially uh, potting you down, but you can. I think you did a, probably a good job. I haven't listened back to the recording yet, but if you did a good job earlier, might as well let you go ahead and re- record <laughs> the rest of the show. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, let's talk about, let's get into, make this kind of a quick show. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the fantastic things that creative writing has been up to for the past couple weeks now. Uh, aside from bike maintenance, and as you heard on the last show, uh, you know, just the the overwhelming insanity that has been the last few weeks and getting a new motorcycle and, and, uh, all that fun jazz, um, and not getting another motorcycle. There was a, uh, a talk a while back that Wiggins and Siddons were trying to get me to get an ADV bike. And I was like, hell no bros. But then we found this really trashy triumph for like 500 bucks. How can you say no to any motorcycle for $500? And, uh, yeah, we were going to get it. And I was like, dude, I will I'll keep it here. I will pay for it. Then, then the VFR came my way. And I was like, listen, no more motorcycles, man. I pulled a flip-flop on that like John Kerry in the uh, 2014. I don't remember when he ran for president. But yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I did a flip-flop on that like, yo, mama, when she going to spank you? I don't know. I'll think of a funny flip-flop joke. Just uh, give me a few years to work on it. Um, anyways, long story short, uh, aside from uh, the awesome, uh, you know, just getting some stuff done in the garage, doing surfacing the bikes, all that fun jazz, came... The uh, KSS, S, 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 another and a few more S's. That is Killer Scooter Super Sunday, y'all. And if you ain't part of the small bore community, oh yeah, that's that's something else that's coming up. I, I, I uh, want to talk about that in a minute. I'm putting my finger up so I don't forget that. There's two things I want to talk about uh, that don't have to do with what we've been up to. Um, so yeah, Killer Scooter Super Sunday. That is an event that happens every year here in uh, San Gabriel Valley. I, I don't live in LA proper. I live out here in the valley, but not that valley where they shoot the porno. That's the, and like the valley girls came from. That's the San Fernando Valley. I live in the big valley, the uh, San Gabriel Valley, baby. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we out here doing some crazy stuff and usually shrouping the hills that uh, encompass the, uh, the, north side of the San Gabriel Valley. However, this time, uh, got with some, oh, about 300 or 350 little scooters one day a couple weeks ago and did the old Killer Super Sunday. And Killer Super Sunday is so much fun. Um, just like the Pasadena Greenhorn ride, anybody's welcome. It's based around scooters and small, smaller uh, motorcycles, but anyone's really allowed to come. And if you have a bigger bike, just stay at the back. Um, but man... 
there are, and I say little, but there's there was like a Zuma 125 there that had a 400cc <laughs> engine swap into it. And, uh, you know, people, sw- our Steady Garage is all swapping them like CBR 300 motors into the Groms, you know, and they look factory. They just look, they have like the radiator relocated somewhere and uh, it looks like a factory deal. So you can't really, if you're not like a Grom fanatic, you wouldn't know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so, yeah, like there are some insane builds, some insane metros out there that just look so sick. The, uh, a lot of insane paint jobs. And I know everybody likes to watch flat out Friday and be wooed by the guy riding the jet ski around a couple years ago. Listen, the first time I ever saw that was like five years ago at one of these killer super Sunday events. There was two dudes with jet ski bodies on their uh, scooters, and I have no idea what scooters they were, but yeah, and you, you don't see many of the Yamaha C, not C Max, C3. <sighs> Is that the name of the scooters? They're they're huge, man. They're big, fat. They look like crazy. It looks like you're riding a, a old washing machine from the 70s. It, they are just so insane. But it's a, like a 90s or early 2000s scooter. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's um, it was a lot. A lot of fun. I met AJ uh, and really yapped with him probably the most out of everybody. Uh, congrats also to Kevin at Steady, Steady Garage. Uh, he is a dad now, and I guess his uh, son, I think he said, is about a year old. <laughs> so um, I thought he was just a dad like last summer. Well, I guess it is pretty much last summer, but uh, I guess he was a dad for a lot longer than I thought. So I thought he was just a dad for like a few months, but... I guess it is almost summertime again. So yeah, I guess this kid's like a year old now. Um, so congrats to Kevin and congrats to the guys that put it on. It was so much fun just looking at everything to begin with and then taking off and these fuckers rode from, uh, you know, San Gabriel Valley here in Rosemead or Duarte. I don't know exactly Maybe it was Rosemead, maybe it was Duarte, maybe it was Arcadia or Irwindale. I have no idea exactly what city the the place we left from is in. I think it's in Duarte or something like that. But um, but yeah, we left from there uh, or Temple City, some shit like that. And they rode all the way down to Cook's Corner, which is not too far from where Born Free is going to be. I think it was like 140 miles or 110 miles, something like that. Uh, you know, give or take 30 miles here or there, who, who, who knows? But when you're on a, when you're on a small bore, man, the whole, the whole thing is a, is a rolling party. Um, and you can't, uh, can't go wrong. So yeah, it's ultimate, ultimate fun riding and just watching everybody. Um, about 20 minutes in, I would say, uh, even less than that, maybe the hijinks began and all the dudes, kind of hanging at the back in the on the Groms, we're just starting to stunt it up. And there was a bunch of Grom, there's always a bunch of Grom um, Goonies riders, they call them, or, uh, you know, there's a bunch of Goonie Grom squads around. They, I know they have them in Vegas, they have them in uh, Imperial em, uh, Inland Empire, they have them in Orange County, they have them here in LA. They're all over, man. They're little Grom squads, and they just, they get Groms, and they just hoon on them, and some of the best parts of all this was there's the biggest, I would say the most, uh, where in the past I'd seen a ton of groms uh, at these things, lots and lots of groms, especially when I went uh, for the first time a few years ago, the grom was brand new, so everybody had them. I think there was even a lot of Z125s. 
uh, stuff like that. But the huge, the huge outnumbering almost everything is the Ruckus. So the Honda Ruckus, it's only a 50cc scooter. The Honda Metropolitan is another 50cc. The Yamaha Zuma, I think, is a 125. Um, but they do have some old Zumas that were uh, 50s, you know what I'm saying? And so I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot of 125s and there's a lot of do there's a couple dudes that modify their stuff into three or four hundred cc, but the majority of this stuff is a 50 cc and it's slammed, it's customized, it's painted, like they got crazy. You look at it and you're like, oh, you don't notice anything right away, but then you start looking a little harder and you're like, damn, every single thing on this bike is a hundred million percent custom, all the way from the seats to the Mario, uh, inspired theme paint job. Um, some of the, God, what was that? It was either like a Honda elite or something. There was a few of them there. One of them had a HKS. And if you know what HKS is, you're, you know, old car, uh, enthusiast, you'll know exactly what paint scheme I'm talking about. Dude, HKS always had the raddest, uh, uh, paint schemes like on their drag cars and, and race cars and stuff like that. And this scooter had an HKS sticker kit on it that fit it perfectly. So either they, somebody did a really good job of, of uh, imitating the old HKS color schemes and everything. Um, or, or somebody's making a graphic kit for the scooters. There was also another one. I forget exactly what, um, race team it had on there, but I reckon I was looking at it going, oh yeah, that's like another race livery on these elites, man. They look so cool. Or I don't think they were sprees. I think they were elites. Um, and then you'll see everything. That's not just Hondas. It's not just, you know, Yamahas, uh, stuff like that. There was like some weird, uh, you know, I think it was a, maybe a Vespa or two in there. There was a, um, a lot of Chinese companies. I, I don't know if I saw, uh, any Lance or genuine or buddy or anything like that, but there was just a, a good mix of everything. And this year replacing a lot of the, like there was still a lot of Groms, a lot of dudes stunting Groms, like I said, and doing burnouts on them. There was a few navvies, but a shit ton of monkeys. And I feel like the monkeys help replace a lot of the Groms. There was actually a, a huge metropolitan crew there and their stuff was so crazy. The swing arms extended. So they had to like, cut the fenders off the uh, metros. If you if you know what a metro looks like, it looks like a Japanese ripoff of a Vespa, basically, or a Piaggio. And, um, but it's a, just a Japanese version, right? So picture a little Italian Art Deco scooter from the 50s and now chop the rear fender out. You know, you can't tub it really. Actually, maybe I should make a kit though. That's a good idea. Uh, but anyway, they chopped the rear fender out, extended the swing arm, put these fat ass tires on there and beefed up the motor. So they could <laughs> go pretty quick. And yeah, it was just such, such a fun, uh, fun event to go to. It was nice meeting AJ and his girl. I forget what her name is, but, and hearing his story, he had a pretty cool backstory. Um, uh, it's between me and him. It's private. So, but, uh, long story short, He's uh, over in Arizona. There was uh, he came here. I think there was a couple of Utah plates, a couple of Nevada plates. Uh, yeah, people coming from all over. So it was really fun. And then this is the weird part. There's this guy I used to follow because I have a Nissan. I'm sorry, I have a uh, I have a uh, Scion, and he has a Nissan Cube, and they're kind of both look similar. But I think he's um, Russian or. Uh, 
I don't know, Ukrainian, Georgian. I have no idea exactly what he is, but uh, where where he comes from originally. But he, he his I like the way his Nissan Cube was painted, and I kind of wanted to paint my Scion like that. And then I saw a bike there that really reminded me of his uh, Nissan down to the freaking color. It looked like the little bit of green that his was. And so I just, out of the nowhere, happened to just message this guy on Instagram and guess what? He's also rides. He rides motorcycles too. And he's here in SoCal somewhere. So he saw the scooters. Um, and he, uh, I, I sent him a pic of the Grom with the paint job on it. And I said, Hey, this reminds me of your old Nissan cube that you used to post on Instagram. And he sent me back a thing that said, Hey, yeah, I, I hung out with these bikes this afternoon. And he sent me a picture from cook's corner where they all ended up the ride. And I sent him a picture back saying, yeah, I started out the morning with him. And so I uh, sent him a pic from the parking lot when we were all getting ready to launch. And so, yes, totally coincidental just how small this world is, you know. And also you find – I found it all in a small bore, um, small bike community. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I loved that event. And one of these days I will have an appropriate bike to ride. This year I took the SCR – um, the last few times I went, I think I took, uh, Spamala, which was as two, as a 250, still big, <laughs> one of the bigger bikes there. So, um, I ended up losing the pack, which kind of sucked because you got, it's constantly moving. You, they, you don't stop for red lights. You don't stop for stop. You, you rarely, I should say never, but you rarely, rarely stop for red lights. Uh, once they get the um, traffic blockers up in front, you never stop. But in the in the beginning, the first couple blocks, you may stop a couple times so that it doesn't get too crazy. But as this ride went on, like I said, 300, 350 scooters, something like that, it starts to spread out a good bit. It gets to be about an eighth mile long just sitting there. Uh, taking off and having everybody riding with with a decent space in between each other. But then the faster they start to go and the further they start to go, it starts to stretch out to a quarter mile. You know, you got a quarter mile long of scooters, and then eventually it gets to be like a mile long as some guys start to straggle back. So the traffic blockers are doing an awesome job. I only stayed with them until, I don't know, probably like the first 20 or so minutes. And like I said, 50 cc's is the max, or well, is the minimum. Uh, bike size, and so that's how they ride. They rode all the way to Cook's Corner on uh, 50s, and I think that kind of gives you some perspective as to the speeds and the fact that they had to take all surface streets down there. Just imagine that. That's super, super fun, and nobody knows the route. Only the only the ride planners know the route because they don't want it to get, obviously, you know, compromised and have police waiting for you somewhere. And it's not that anybody's breaking the law and doing crazy crap like those ride of the century rides. However, you get to get a, a group of 300 scooters rolling through your city, and somebody has advanced notice of it, they might do their best to shut it down, and, and there goes your whole ride. So it was just a pretty fun rolling rolling party. I, I was hanging at the back since I was on a bigger bike, and that's where all the guys that do the stunts are. And sorry I didn't have a, a camera or anything, but, dude, it was cool watching these guys wheelie these groms for, like, I don't know, a mile, and do, doing all this crazy stuff on them. Um and all the customized ruckuses and stuff like that it was just a blast. So if yeah, if you ever next year, it usually happens in May. So next year, um, if you want to go, I'm down. 
and uh, I'm done like a clown. I eventually dropped off. Now, I would have stayed with him even even longer than 20 or 30 minutes, however long I was with him. Uh, I would have stayed longer, but people started dropping off here and there. And since I was running the back, I started kind of blocking traffic for the last few stragglers that were like way behind, getting way, way, way behind. And eventually I stopped to help a dude that was stopped on the side of the road. And I was like, dude, are you cool? Are you okay? Cause there goes the group. And as I'm, I'm seeing the right of the light, they're not too far away. I can go catch them. But then he's like, yeah, my brake seized up and I was going to try and help him fix his brake so he could continue on just out of nowhere. His bike, he said it was down on power. He's going and it wasn't, you know, he's giving it more and more gas and it's just not going anywhere. And eventually it just totally stopped and wouldn't move. And he was stranded on the side of the road. His buddy had his freaking tools. So long story short, carry your own tools and you'll never be the fool. I don't know. You, you think of something catchy, but uh, I, I actually didn't think about it. I didn't have, I was like, oh, I don't have tools on me because my bike's fine. You know, I maintain my shit for the most part, but I didn't think about it. I have a freaking toolkit on, on the SCR. It's like one of the only bikes that comes with the toolkit. And I probably had an adjustable wrench or something in it, or at least a 10 mil. I'm sure it had a 10 mil. So I uh, just, just enough to like crack his, uh, you know, bleed screw or something to get some brake fluid out there and see if it would relieve some pressure on it. So I'm not 100% sure why it uh, seized up on him, but I think that would maybe give him some shitty brake pressure <laughs> for the rest of the day, but at least he'd be able to move. So, um, yeah. So long story short, that was a fabulous, fabulous event and uh, so much fun. This October, be looking for Joe's Mini Bike Reunion uh, at CV Park, Crescenta View Park in La Crescenta, California. I think it's uh, October 14th. Don't quote me on that, and I will definitely talk about it, and it'll be on our roster of things to do as the year moves on, but you'll be able to see a lot of the bikes that were there at this ride and see why it's so much fun uh, to do to do this ride. And even, even if you're just like me, like a fly on the wall on a bigger bike, it's so much fun to watch the uh, the chaos and and uh, see all these custom bikes moving as one huge long mile train uh, to pain drain. Ah, shit. I fucked that up. Anyways, um, a side note uh, on this one. Is that uh, they do do they ride they do do they do do rides all year long, but not not quite like this. And uh, this is like a three day event. There's usually like a a meetup Friday where you, it's a meet and greet. Steady Garage hosted it this year. Then there's a Super Saturday event at night, which is also kind of like a pre ride meet and greet at some other scooter place. And then Sunday's a ride, so that's really awesome. But these little uh, Groups do smaller rides throughout the year. So check that out. <clears throat> and um, also, I mentioned that uh, Wiggins almost found a $500 ADV bike for me, but he didn't. So somebody else that I met this weekend <laughs> has a scooter for me. And uh, we'll see if that happens. I'm really anxious. I really, I am. Uh, I'm just, I'm. I think I'm destined to go small this year. I've been I've been trying to get into it and trying to do it all year and get motivated to do it. And this person's like, "Hey, I got this old scooter, ran when parked, and I have like eight other bikes." And I was like, "I don't even want, you know, like I I would gladly take a scooter, but I just want to see the thing running." And the whole reason that this uh, 
the uh, Killer Super Sunday ride appealed to me is that you don't, for the most part, depending on if depending on who you get at the DMV that day, you don't have to have a license for anything under 50 cc's. Now, you go to the DMV and play your cards right and show them your motorcycle and they look it up and they're like, oh, this is a scooter and it's 48.8 cc or 49 cc. You go, yeah, it's under 50. I don't need, I, I need to register it once and you can insure it for the street or whatnot, but I don't need to have a license to ride it. And um, we're going to talk about something that's coming up in the, uh, later in the show that will hopefully help you with stuff like this and uh, solidify this sort of stuff in your mind. So let's take a quick break. It's almost been an hour. So you you heard me blab enough about this. Check it out. Get into small bikes, get into e-bikes, get into little scooters, do whatever you do. I'm sure there's a group out there for you, for you to ride with. Do some hooligan shit. <laughs> Before I die, choking on dust, I guess, because I drank this beer and I'm definitely not choking on beer. We'll be right back with some more creative writing. Have you got a million dollars or more lying around in uninvested cash funds? If you do, Rothman's Beans wants your number. Rothman's Beans, be part of our new bean solution. Yes, Rothman's Beans is offering investors with million dollars or more an opportunity to invest in our wonderful bean solution starting now. We have packages available. Just email us at rothmansbeans.com. Email investfuture at rothmansbeans.com and be part of our bean solution. Securities and investments at Registry Commodity Futures Options for futures and other non-deposit investments, products, and services are not insured by the FDIC and may deposits and obligations guaranteed by Rothman Beans or Rothman Bean Holding Company are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. Rothman's Beans. We are not a fiduciary advisor. Do not take anything into account that we have said. Not available in Hawaii, Alaska, or anywhere where fiduciary stuff is fiduciary. Rothman's the next bean adventure. Rothman's, the only bean solution. Zappers, Zappers. we got them. Whappers, Whappers. we got them. We got everything you need for your off-road adventure this summer at Nathan's Power Sports Village in Durston. Brakes, Brakes. we got those. Tires, we got those. Seatbelts for your motorcycle, we got those. Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource, the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. 
visit Crider's now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory, Crider's Leathers. All right, Tobor, before we get in too far into this uh, episode and make it a 55-hour episode, um, I did want to say that there's a couple things to look out. Uh, if, if you've been reading and you look at even this last episode or last issue of the AMA Motorcyclist Magazine, you'll notice that on the very, very last pages, it's all about e-bike selection and e-bike laws. Yes, the sticky, tricky e-bike laws, and everybody's got e-bikes now, and that's not a lie, actually. There's a lot of people who, I'm going to turn this down a little bit, thank you, Tobar. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that have e-bikes now, and I, you heard me mention at the end of the scooter thing, the 50 cc's, you know, depending on who you get at the DMV, um, you don't need a license for them. Well, you also don't need a license for e-bikes, per se, even e, what I would consider e-motorcycles. Now, to me, a motorcycle can go pretty fast, um, unless you're a BMW with the sidecar on it. But e-bicycles like the Suron, um, which aren't really bicycles at all, and the Cake, things like that, they also are probably more of a motorcycle. However, when I think of electric dirt bike motorcycle, I think of the Zero FX, I think of all those uh, prototype Hondas and Kawasaki's and stuff coming out that are actually in the Stark Varg. Like, oh my God, that thing's got like 8,000 foot pounds of torque. Like, literally not kidding. I think the rating that they put on their website is 900 or 800 foot pounds of torque. Um, and so it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and do you consider them a, bi- a bicycle because they are electric and they're super skinny? I wouldn't. I would consider these a moped or an electric motorcycle, uh, even though it's a small variation. And so the, the, the thing that, uh, you tell your, um, the DMV is like even e-bicycles, like there is a limit to where you need a license. You know what I'm saying? And e-bicycles that are basically e-motorcycles like the Suron and like the, uh, you know, some of the, like the, uh, Super 73, they have a model, I think it's the RX, whatever it is, that can, it has unlimited mode. You're not supposed to use it on the street because the street, you can only do 28 miles per hour with like pedal assist or 20 miles an hour with throttle only. There's definite rules. You can't drive the non-pedal assist ones in a bike lane technically. You have to like show the side of the road like you would on an electric scooter or something like that. Um, it's getting all muddled and it's getting crazy and there's a lot of things to know. So they're putting that in the AMA magazine. The time has come, peeps, and now to make it official, uh, creative writing, junkie, we probably will at some point now and to Chris Wiggins's ultimate bonification, we will probably talk about bicycles. To his disappointment, we'll probably talk a lot about e-bikes because those are that's what's coming out a lot. Uh, and if you remember Jay, she used to be our co-host back up until the pandemic. So 2020, <laughs> January of 2020, when she went to the clink, um, she was uh, on the show and I talked to her just the other night, last night I think it was, and she has got an e-bicycle and we started to nerd out on e-bicycles. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of shit happening with e-bicycles and the benefits of an e-bicycle is that if you try to do a wheelie through a fucking farmer's market on a motorcycle, you're going to prison. If you do a wheelie through a motorcycle or through a farmer's market on an e-bicycle, 
probably people are clapping. And I don't mean like through a somebody's stand, of course, that'd be stupid. But you wheelie a motorcycle through someone's stand and you're probably going to go to jail for attempted murder. You wheelie a bicycle through someone's stand and you probably say, oops, I'm lear- I, I think I, I'm riding a bicycle. You know, you can get away with so much more stuff doing the same exact crap on a mo- on a bi- e-bicycle than you can a motorcycle. So, and you don't have to have a license or registration um, or insurance. So, there's a lot of things that we'll probably be talking about, and people are doing some pretty crazy, insane rides on e-bicycles, and even things that I don't consider e-bicycles, but they're still probably not uh, powerful enough to meet the e-motorcycle. Um, regulations or even they're basically like a 50 uh sub 50 cc scooter you could probably drive the the bike lane drive them without a license and they could be considered a moped even though there's no pedals so uh yeah for what it's worth go check out sir ronster on uh youtube you'll see what i'm talking about anyways so yeah just wanted to say that the second thing i wanted to say before i forget and before we get into the californian is (coughs) americade americade is happening it's the 40, 40th, I think, Americade this year. So a big anniversary for them. I hope it's the 40th. If not, I'm going to feel like an asshole now that I said that. But yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a big anniversary for Americade. And I think the um, they're going to have the most demo rides there from any event this entire year in the States. And so here's my question. Progressive went away, obviously, last year. They didn't have one for 22 or 23. The IMS, which used to travel... Uh, the states and maybe Canada um, and introduce you to the industry and that was basically our ICMA but instead of being like one weekend it was like a few months you know usually ran from November to like February of traveling circus around the country putting on exhibitions shows demo rides uh, product you know things like that IMS was the way to go now with IMS gone the only thing left is to, uh, if you're smart, you know how to put to, you have a you know know how to put together an event. Uh, now's the time. We need to make as as a motorcycle community, we should be embracing this and trying to make our own uh, uh, IMS. You know, and IMS's absence, but Americade is Americade is going to have the most demo rides of any event all year. I think they got eleven OEM signed up which is pretty good. I mean, that's basically what IMS used to have. Uh, if you really sat down and counted, you know, who showed up, um, maybe more. So I'm pretty impressed there's going to be, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that the article said 11. Uh, so um, anything over like, you know, six, I'd be impressed, you know, wow, this is bigger than just a little show, you know? So that's, that's cool. And that's happening in Lake George, New York, I think, uh, in a few weeks. So check that out and uh, get your test rides in. Yeah. Um, before we get to the Californian, should we take another break? Maybe we'll just roll it right into Tobor. You're saying no, just go to it. Okay. 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 All right. Maybe we'll do a little. Um, you know who was there? I think they were called the Angel City Ramblers, but I don't have one of their songs, but I do have a John Michael Lind song and I will play it right here. So. To rest for a spell. Spend some time. All right. Well, 
That was John Michael Lind and uh, filling in for the Angel City Ramblers, who was a great 1940s style uh, bluegrass band. Brady organized it for the Californian. The Californian uh, happened at Santa Anita Park. It's been happening at Santa Anita Park, except for uh, the period during COVID. It was growing and growing and growing. And Brady put it, you know, in the best terms this year. He said, we are a grassroots. People think that, you know, we were whining and dining at like the Met Gala and we're all millionaires who love to bring our fancy show bikes out here, blah, blah, blah. We aren't. We are, you're, you're more likely to see us eating a burger down at Blue Burgers or Blue Dogs or whatever the hell, uh, you know, drinking a beer than you are see us on a red carpet sipping wine at the Met, you know, or, or any fancy thing. So the quail was happening that uh, last weekend as well, but uh, I do have to say for SoCal, you should have been at the Californian. There was very few bikes in the show this year, and it partially because it's ramping back up, partially also because it is uh, the quail uh, was that weekend, and uh, a few other factors. You know, they were building back up to what it was pre-pandemic, and this is the first time it ever happened. Just like Killer Super Sunday... Uh, which was huge when I went to it pre-pandemic. Post-pandemic, um, Kevin even said that this is even 300 bikes is a okay turnout, but I'm used to that whole parking lot being full. And he's like, yeah, it'll get back to it. This is, we're just picking up. I think they did it last year, but uh, again, just like everything else, it was uh, super minimized, you know what I'm saying? And the year before that, I don't think they did it. So uh, same with the Californian. We're trying to come back to this. Brady was very appreciative of that and appreciative of everyone that came out. Great sponsors and vendors. Um, it didn't take up very much of the uh, Santa Anita Park as it has in the past. However, it is the first year back, and next year is going to be pretty banger. And the caliber of bikes that showed up at this year's show were quail-tastic. To be uh, to be fair, there's a, quite a few. The the I didn't I don't think this one won best of show, but um, it did place in like the best uh, unrestored vintage. There was a 1938 BSA there. I think it was a twin too, which BSAs had a lot of singles, but I think this was a V twin, and it had every single piece on it from the seat, the handlebars, the giant honker horn that sounded like a goose, everything on it was OG from 1938 or 1948, I forget. Uh, I think it was 1938. And um, yeah, the patina was original. Uh, all the leather was original. Nothing had been restored. The only thing that had been kept up is, of course, like the chain tires and cables, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even sure the tires were uh, brand new. They look pretty old, so they might have been just rocking the old tires and just don't ride it enough to wear them out. You know, if you take good care of tires, you can actually keep them for a long time. Uh, if you keep them out of the sun here in SoCal, go back and listen to our, uh, I did that episode and we'll tell you all about ozone and, uh, what it does here in SoCal. But yeah, so this thing was beautiful, immaculate. And that's just one example of the caliber of bike that was there. There was also a, um, 1939. No. So that, that BSA must have been from 48. The the Indian was 1939 Indian 4, you know, an inline 4. 
Um, and I forget, uh, the guy does the cannonball on it and I, and I'd seen it before. I think I saw it at the built wall show, uh, last year and, or earlier this year, whenever it was and amazing, amazing bike. I think he also won, but that bike's really clean. Uh, it's got a lot of patina on it, but the paint is pretty sick. This, uh, this BSA, you could tell it was like all original, um, and several of the bikes, you know, several of the bikes, lots of triumphs this year and a couple, um, sport bikes in there, but very, very small turnout compared to years past. And that made it more competitive. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was freaking amazing. They had the Derby at the Derby, um, which was the uh, Pine Car Derby or the Pine Wood Derby. I finally remember what the hell it's called. The Pine Wood Derby happening uh, at Kentucky Derby Day. So you get meat horses next to iron horses and you're doing a Pine Wood Derby next to the Kentucky Derby while it's playing on the big screen. Just an amazing, amazing event. And like Brady said, all put on in a grassroots fashion. So you get out here, you see these quail-esque bikes, um, the people get trophies and prizes and, uh, I think creative writing even had a trophy there that I saw saying, thank you for supporting the race, but, uh, I didn't get a chance to grab it. I had to leave early. As a matter of fact, uh, it was my intention to enter the VFR into the Californian show. And, and I totally could have, uh, just had to show up and, and they print this stuff out there that morning when you show up, the problem was, you had to take it out by six. Now I had a bunch of stuff going on that day and I actually had to leave early from the show. So yeah, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to stay around, but my wife called me a little bit frantic from, uh, you know, from, I don't live too far from Santa Anita. So I'm lucky the uh, VFR can do, you know, a uh, hundred miles an hour and there was no cops around. I had to get, <laughs> get home real fast, but I knew, I knew it would be a weird day. I knew it would be off day. Um, and you had to load in and load out at a certain time, and you only got to ride in escorted for like a 15-minute period, and then you had to leave your bike there till 6 p.m. I knew I wouldn't be able to do that because I had something to be at at 6 p.m. Uh, so long story short, I, um, I took it, but I couldn't ride it in because it would scare the horses, and that was the main thing. You had to get escorted in at a certain time, um, and you couldn't start it to ride it back out um, because of the, the horses running. And, uh, so that's why the fair gave Brady or the fair, the, uh, the track gave Brady a specific time where anybody loading their bikes in could get them in long story short. Um, it would have been a fabulous entry. And then I saw the quality of bikes that showed up and I was, I was ashamed. I mean, it was cool. There was a guy that was there on a bike that he had raced in the built well, um, so it's not like it was, you know, there could have been a class for it. I think there was a daily driver class. But what spoke to me is the fact that I, w- uh, uh, I would have embarrassed myself a little bit because the bikes there were all immaculate, all immaculate. Uh, and even the ones that had been, had this wealth of patina on them, it was original patina. If you see the VFR, you'll know that it's, like I, I love the term battle hardened because that's what Pete called it from Nokomoto. And it is. And it's a little bit cosplay right now. And it's a little bit Mad Max. And that wouldn't have fit in with any of the caliber of bikes that was there at the Californian. So 
Um, and, and it would have ruined the vintage vibe. I mean, you got a vintage bluegrass band. Brady and Caroline are dressed up really nice. There's people walking around in big fancy hats because the K- Kentucky Derby and everyone's all dressed up. And they're showing the Kentucky Derby on the big screen in between races at the uh, Santa Anita. And um, I don't know, just the magic in the air. I uh, didn't want it to be sullied by something that looks like it came out of like a, uh, you know, Warhammer uh, 40,000 book or something. So long story short, uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to get it out and I knew I wouldn't be able to get it in. Imagine my disappointment when I saw people pushing their bikes out and up the hill. Uh, and I actually had to help a few people push their bikes out of the infield. But I guess the uh, lesson learned is that you're not a hostage. You know, even if loadout is a certain hour, if you got to get out of there before that, you just push your bike out. So I probably could have ridden it in and pushed it out. I'll, I'll be it, you know, by myself up that hill. No way. I was help. I helped like two or three people push their bikes out, uh, just get them to the parking lot to load them up. But long story short, fabulous, fabulous event. You got to check it out. You got to come next year and you got to see, and next year it won't be at the, uh, same weekend as the quail. This was a really weird year. Uh, and things didn't line up right, but a lot of bikes, some of the bikes from the quail, uh, have made it here. There was a lot of vendors that had just missed it as well because they were just returning from Portland from the one show. So it was just a really crazy weekend back to back to back motorcycle shows across the country. Um, and a lot of people were, were heading back to LA from other places, um, that weekend. So yeah, just, it just, uh, turned out to be a small, yet very fortunate gathering of bikes, an amazing event, lots of awesome vendors as usual. And Jeff, who we raced against at Twisted Throttles back in 2017, happens to be the founder and uh, host of the Stagecoach Rally, which we were pumping up. I didn't even know he was. And we were pumping that thing way back in, uh, I think it was in uh, November. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was in March this year. It was in March. And uh, yeah, it turns out our our guy we know, Jeff, um, he's the one that puts puts it on. And it was an amazing, he said it's been getting bigger. Uh, This was only the second time. And uh, attendance is going up. Events are getting better. And the locale is just uh, an amazing, an amazing spot. Um, out there in California, in uh, Southern California, down east of San Diego, out I think near Julian, where all the people go to ride that live down there, anyway. So, amazing event, touching base with all these people, seeing people I hadn't seen in a while, getting to speak to Jay Larasa from um, uh, Lassa Engineering, go check out some of the bikes that he's built. He had one in the show. Um, got to see some bikes that I was 100% sure. Shinya Kimura built, but some dude named Matthew was the owner. So maybe Shinya has built a few bikes for people and I need to look them up. And maybe this guy was just the owner of, of two of them, but they were Honda based, very like all handmade sheet metal. That's why it seemed like Shinya to me, uh, had built them. So I had to ask him, but yeah, an amazing event. As always, Brady, thank you so much for everything. I cannot wait to get my thank you creative writing tr- participation trophy for participating and being a sponsor of the Willow Springs Grand Prix this year. And I am so looking forward to two things next year. One, Killer Scooter Super Sunday. Number two, the freaking Californian. And then for the rest of this year, 
Uh, I'll be looking forward to the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, and I'll be looking forward to, I don't know, the hundreds of rides that I plan on taking the VFR on this year and uh, putting it in some shows. You know, I never, never, ever wanted to show my bikes for any reason, but uh, the VFR, mm, is it really mine? I don't know. It definitely deserves to be in a show, though. So we're going to stick it in a, in a few shows this year. So, all right. Well, with that, everybody, it's been an hour and 11 minutes. You've been just listening to me blab on about stuff that I like. Send me something you like. If you if you want to do, we're going to do the California show. Uh, I got Wiggins. Uh, um, we recorded some stuff a few, <laughs> a few weeks ago. I still haven't played it. I think I'm just going to do it at Patreon only. But they're in Columbia right now. They really wanted me to go. And I should have gone just to see Wiggins on a 150. I would have given my left testicle. But the problem is they went to Columbia, and in Columbia I'm banned, and I probably would have woken up with only one testicle because it would have harvested the other one. Uh, I am considered a scientific anomaly in that country, and I'm no longer allowed to uh, travel freely through there without being um, arrested and dissected. So run that through your teeth a few times. Um, So, yeah, so... Long story short, I hope you're enjoying Columbia, Wiggins. Uh, I may or may not put some of your interview on next week's show. I think um, we have a great guest next week's show, so probably not. And uh, I didn't want to waste uh, any of this week's time on it. But maybe maybe the week after that we'll play it. And by then you'll be back and you'll want to talk about Columbia. So we'll, we'll air your other, <laughs> other audio instead. Um, anyways, all right, everybody. Well, we're going to get out of here. Tobor, thank you so much for helping me tonight. Tobor, you're looking a little bit better. Tobor, one day at a time, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, one day at a time. We'll get you, we'll get you uh, up 100%. Um, all of our California story um, contributions, thank you so much. We will put those in, and I will probably do a Solstice Slam this year, which comprises rider stories, but also we'll make some of these California rides. We'll make that count, just like we did with the crash stories last year. Um, and take it easy. Take it sleazy, and keep your Aunt Susie sneezy neasy. I don't know. You don't probably even have an Aunt Susie. Just take that for what it's uh, for what it's worth. Take that with a grain of salt, as they say in uh, Bonneville. Please don't hate me.